Off the ball. The last battle in the Ronaldo-Messi war mm. was that World Cup and uh, Ronaldo lost it and then, then he ended up at like an Al Nasser. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Hurling on Off the Ball with Board Gosh Energy. Hurling, it's anyone's game. Now you're welcome, Max. So we're going to turn to hurling now to set the scene. Claire travelled to the Gaelic grounds of all places for a Munster final against Limerick. They obviously played in a Munster final as well last year. Limerick prevailed in that one, but only after extra time. And then this year, Claire beat Limerick in the round robin. So there is a brewing uh, rivalry, it's fair to say, and it is bringing back memories of the mid-1990s. So 94-95 was the last time they played in two successive Munster finals. Limerick won in 94, famously lost to Offaly in the All-Ireland final that year. Clare won in 95 and they won their first All-Ireland, obviously, in 81 years that year. And that is not to mention 1996 and Kieran Carey's famous uh, point. So to take a little walk down memory lane and to chat about the game on Sunday, Jamesy O'Connor of Clare is with us. Jamesy, how are you doing? Good, Joe. Good. Looking forward to it. And Joe Quaid of Limerick. Great to talk to you again, Joe. You're welcome back. How are you, folks? We're very well. So we'll go down memory lane in a moment, but uh, I think, Jamesy, we should touch on Teddy McCarthy and his very sad passing at the age of 57. Uh, you would say with uh, absolute certainty we will not see his, like again, first and only player to win All-Ireland titles in hurling and football in the same year uh, with Cork in 1994. All-Ireland's total, two football, two hurling, footballer of the year in 89. Condolences, obviously, to all concerned. Some of the photos of him leaping into the air uh, twice the height of anyone else around him uh, doing the rounds over the last 24 hours. He was uh, some bit of stuff on a hurling and football pitch. He was, yeah. I suppose I, I you know, played minor for Clare in 89 and 90. Um, Joe, I suppose, probably similar age to myself. So, you know, at that age, obviously, he was, you know, you're obviously well aware of what's going on. And, and you know, he was to, to win, obviously, the, the two odd irons in two weeks was, was an achievement that we're never likely to see repeated, Joe. So, yeah, I suppose, look at a sad day. Um, I played with Championship Day 193, and I was actually looking back at the, the video. That's the second half of the game to see if he actually played. So I, I don't think he did. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what a player, what an athlete. And um, I suppose at 57, just our condolences to his family. Um it's a, it, it, it's it's sad that such a young man has passed away um, and we're unlikely to see his like again. It sure is desperately sad and you can imagine the family must be going through an awful time at the moment. Joe, his name, I suppose, will now forever be iconic in GEA. He will o- always be the only man uh, to win All-Irelands within 14 days of each other. Yeah, I, think I did similar to James there for the 94 match. I went back and looked and see where he was playing and he, he tagged out 94 against us at wing forward. I think he was taken off at half time in the in the game. But you know, I suppose you you think back and to have shared a pitch with such an icon of the game, both hurling and football. I suppose as young fellas, James, we were probably out the back uh, watching match, playing after watching all Ireland finals and Munster finals and any high ball that had come. There was only one person you wanted to be, and and that was Teddy Mac. He was just uh, a phenomenon. I think five foot nine, that was able to leap probably to ten foot nine. Mm. Um, he was just just a phenomenal player, and to do what he did in the space of two weeks was was unbelievable. I was actually down in college in Cork in nineteen ninety um, for the two All Islands, and he was he was the main man um, because to, to achieve that is just it's just phenomenal, and and condolences to his family his friends his teammates or you would never have probably spoken to to Teddy but it it was like a, a debt in the family you know it, which it was it's a debt in the GA family and I think everybody feels it no matter what county you're from if you see one of your your icons your your idols passing away at such a young age and you mentioned there, Joe, no better man to feel the ball in the air at five foot nine. So the, the photographs, because he's a bit before my time, the photographs I'm seeing where he does look to be extraordinarily high in the air, that was a, a hallmark of his play. That was something you didn't need photos to notice. He was doing that routinely. No, you'd see him marking like Cork at some big lads. Kevin Hennessy, Tomas Moll would have been a tall, big man, you know. Um, but this guy, how he got up in the air, I, I think he was probably one of the, 
the first GS stars to to be known for hang time. <laughs> They'd be on about Cristiano Ronaldo's hang time. The boys that are on about that, Joe, never saw Teddy Mac playing. Okay. Well, again, condolences to all. Terribly uh, sad news and 57 is far too young to go. Uh, we will talk Limerick Clare at the weekend in due course, but let's go back to that period, 94, 95, 96, the last time that this rivalry was really bubbling away in Munster finals in particular. So 1994, that was your debut season, Joe. James, you said you made your debut in 93. So this was on in Thurless. Limerick's first Munster title in 13 years. Mike Gilligan got seven from uh, play. Uh, Clare got two late goals, Jamesy, which puts a real sheen on the scoreboard. 25 points to 210 with two late goals from Clare. Uh, Gerlock Nan said of the game, they hammered the living daylights out of us that day. Yeah, it's a video nasty, Joe. Um, listen, we, 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 we actually beat Limerick in 93. Um, it was my, my championship debut with the park in Ennis. And... Um, and Neville cried off injured just before the game and Sparrow came in as a late sub and uh, hit one five from playing was man of the match and um, I think that day uh, breaking from the parade Mike Rail was playing centre forward for Limerick minding his own business and I think Dalo met him with the shoulder for this is just breaking from the parade and put him on the flat of his ass which was kind of I suppose a declaration of our mentality on the day you know we, we had a terrible championship record um, you know Limerick I think had won the league that year were certainly Red Hot favourites probably had eyes and designs on, on win the Munster Championship, but uh, we ambushed them in Ennis and um, had a had a great win there. Subsequently, beat Cork and then got annihilated by Tip in the Munster final. So, ninety four we beat Tip um, along the way, got back, but uh, Limerick were waiting for us, and um, obviously they had the bit of fire from the previous year. Um, look, they were a really good side, and and we just didn't perform at all. We were probably maybe four or five points down at half time. Um, but somebody in the dressing room, I think, said that uh, we're not beaten yet. And I think we were beaten there and then because we just needed someone to be positive that, you know, and be upbeat because we hadn't hurled. But, you know, it was, I suppose the opposite was the case. And they made a couple of changes and they put Shawnee McMahon out from centre-back on the wing out of Mike Galligan. And, um, you know, Shawnee, the one thing Shawnee doesn't have is pace. And... Uh, they brought in, I think, Francis Corey, who was a cornerback um, by nature. Um, he was captain of the Clare Miners in 89 at centre-back. And I remember going out on the pitch and, and seeing Francis be playing out of position, shoddy out of position, and saying, this doesn't look right. And it, it didn't end well. And, um, you know, as a, the, the two late goals put a gloss on him, but Limerick just hammered us. And, uh, yeah, that was that was one of the low points, certainly, of, of my career. And, if, and and from my perspective, probably worse than the, the mauling we got from Tip in 93 because expectations were higher we'd beaten Tip and we had high hopes going down yeah. but uh, it would just murder us and one other thing Jamesy Lachnan Ger Lachnan as well as saying they hammered the living daylights out of Clare he said physically they overpowered us we couldn't cope fitness wise they just played on a different pace to us I remember looking out early on and they were getting to every ball a yard ahead of our fellas and I was thinking we're really in trouble here that was the message for Clare Hurling we weren't physically ready and that really jumped out to me because I would think of your teams, obviously, and the runs up the hill and this kind of manic fitness. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, was that Munster final in 94 at the hands of Limerick? Was that like this eureka moment where uh, Gerlock Nan said, right, I'm taking these boys to the torture chamber over the winter? Yeah, there was probably an element to that. In it. Um, I mean, it was my last year in college and, and no, we, we wouldn't have anything like the, the physical training done that year that we, that we subsequently did, obviously, um, you know, under Mike Mack. Um, the following year but like you know Len Gaynor was manager um, and you know Len did a huge amount in terms of I suppose look at restoring our pride and um, turning the thing around and we had good young players coming through I mean I was you know I came into the team in 93 along with Brian Lohan um, Shawnee came in in 94 um, and Ger you know was, was in as a selector and um, I suppose look at coach that year and I think Len just realised how good a coach like man was and, and, and pretty much turned most of the hurling training over um, over to him but uh, yeah, look, we didn't we didn't perform on the day, and we probably weren't good enough. And I think look at coming, you know, ninety five, you know, Frank Lowen came into the team, Baker came into the team, Stephen Mack, um, you know, Eamon Taff was on the panel, and you know, all the players that were coming in were probably maybe better than the players that were that, that they were maybe replacing, and that that was a process that took place. This was over two or three years, you know. So we we lost two Munster finals as well, Joe ninety three and ninety four. So ninety five, you know, obviously we were we were in great shape physically. But we probably had a better team. We were more experienced, and we had the, I suppose the the unthinkable prospect that we couldn't lose three monster finals in a row, and that certainly gave us an edge 
um, you know, heading into that game against Limerick. And, and you know, I'd say Joel probably admitted as well that maybe Limerick haven't been so comfortably ahead of us in 94, maybe weren't expecting um, the challenge that they met in, in, in 95. And, uh, you know, we got the better of that day the way they had uh, on us the previous year. Joe, give us a word on 94, first of all. Your debut season, you'll end up with an all-star. I know the Offaly game uh, doesn't go to plan, but to win Munster title in your debut season, that's a beautiful day. What are your memories of it? Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. The I suppose the match against Cork was was the real one. You're going in facing uh, your old adversaries in Cork. We hadn't beaten them in 14 years. Walking behind the bend, pissing rain down. The last thing that uh, a goalie wants on his debut is a wet ball. Um, walking behind the bend for the first time at senior level, and you're wondering what in the name of God am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> then. Probably 15 minutes into the match, you've two goals conceded. And my late father, the Lord of Mercy, him, a man standing up behind him, uh, taking off his cap and saying, Jesus Christ, bring Tommy Quaid back. Uh, so <laughs> anything, anything after that, lads, was a huge bonus. Huh. Um, so to beat Cork, it was the first time we'd beat him in 14 years. It, it was phenomenal. We we kind of stumbled over the line in, against Waterford in the, in the semi-final. And today... Of the the monster final against Clare, look, Clare and Limerick matches as James he'll know. Uh, you don't need any motivation for them. I I think we often play challenge matches in the Gaelic grounds, uh, openings of fields and things like that. And especially James, he probably wouldn't have seen about playing in goals. There was as much action going on above in the terrace between the fans as there was out in the field. Uh, you could see a rose breaking out everywhere. Um, but I definitely. Then 95, I remember sitting at home in the kitchen the Saturday night and I think it was Clare FM or whatever the local radio station in Clare was at that time. Um, they had done interviews with the players, the Clare players. I think, James, I think you were one of them that was was interviewed on it. And I listened to it and there was just something different about the way the Clare boys were talking. And I remember Mike Galligan rang and he said, yeah, he said, I think we're OK for tomorrow, sure. And referenced the year before, sure, we, we beat him handy last year. And I said to him, I said, there's just something not sitting right with me. I think these boys are, are ready to come uh, and put up a performance against us. And I suppose, Jamesy, to be fair, um, we we hammered you in, in 94. And what I would consider, you gave us a fair trimming in, in 95. Um and a lot of it, I would definitely say it was down to complacency from us, one thing. And and then just, I think, your preparation. Um, I think Joe probably spotted, as you say, we were we were a bit ahead. We had Dave Mahidi in with us, had a super fit in 94. Um, but in 95, you brought the training and the fitness to a completely different level. But I I think it's, it's remiss of people to say that Claire went on, on a run then from 94 up to 97 just because of their fitness. Um, they're super, super teams down through the years. I think minor final, Jamesy, he beat us down in 99. Uh, or 89 down in Parky Keeve. Um, yes. You know, yourself, Fitzy, would have been playing in that. Um, so I suppose out of, out of the two squads, we, we were probably nearly the farm team of of the 90s. Um Going when you look at it, Clare Munster final '93, we were there. Then Clare '94, '95, '96 um, again. We were we were probably both teams were at the top of the pecking order, but obviously it was knockout that time. So Clare were beaten, they were out. We won the league in '97. Clare won the All Ireland in '97. Mm. Uh, we won mention '98. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like when you think of it. The, the, we were probably the farm teams probably well we definitely didn't bring home the silverware that we should have but uh, but Claire did and look it's great to see it back again the rivalry that's there it's it's something different <laughs> it, it can get vicious at times <laughs> with, with people but uh, I, th- I think there's good healthy banter as well at the same time Jamesy I think um, I may have been doing Gerlach Nana disservice then all these years so Len Gaynor steps down post-94 Lachnan goes from selector to uh, coach for 95 
So you were saying there, Gaynor recognised that Lachnan was such a brilliant hurling coach that he gave Lachnan most of the, the, the coaching duties. I have to say, like, completely wrongly, it turns out, I had just suspected from afar that Lachnan, probably because of his just like the charisma and the, the force of personality, that that was his kind of unique MO I never actually saw him as a you know shorts and, and out in the grass pointing and blowing whistles kind of a coach Oh yeah, no, well, yeah he, he was an unbelievable hurling coach uh, Joe so yeah so he would come in as a selector with um, with Bishop Willie Walsh actually um, in, uh, in 94 and Bishop Willie had taught in Flannins and you know would have coached us uh, I think we won a Dean Ryan Dale would have won at Ireland Colleges with him Um and Willie was a great character and he's a great character um, still alive today but Len yeah Len would have done most of the hurling coaching in um, in 93 and uh, would have started you know that role in 94 but again as I said look Ger was so good he, he I think gradually just left more of it to to Ger to, to but Ger came in I think and had some deal done with the county chairman I think that you know he would take over um, as manager once once Len left so I mean that was the political manoeuvring that had to go on behind the scenes because right. like Len was manager of the 21 team, Joe, in 92, and we lost famously. We won the Munster Minor in 89, beat Limerick and Joe, and beat them in the 21 championship that year along the way as well. But we lost the famous one to fan to Watford, um, I think by, by two points. Um, you know, they went on and won the All-Ireland, beat Offaly, Brian Whelan, Johnny Dooley, uh, John Troy were all around that Offaly team. Um, but our man was shafted at the subsequent county board meeting. And we had a pretty good team the following year, and uh, but he was gone as manager because it was a scandalous... Uh, decision and um, you know really pissed off I'd say the players I mean um, I, I was certainly furious at that, that 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 happened so I suppose he had his homework done um, and the political manoeuvrings that take place to get the senior job uh, you know he did what he had to do behind the scenes and, and I don't know if I told you the story before but um, after the 93 uh, Munster final um, you know he, he he called into my parents in the business in Ennis and I was upstairs and he called into and asked the father where I was I around or whatever and he upstairs and you know but he was sounding me out um you know about him and you know I played well in the Munster final that year and all the rest of the lost the tip but uh you know I suppose he, he was I suppose trying to get my opinion on, on the coaching and I was saying listen you know training was brilliant and setup was great and all the rest of it um, but he was having the same conversation with Brian Lowe and maybe one or two other players, you know, because he was a man testing the waters. He clearly, you know, had a passion, felt he was the right man for the job, but uh, knew that he'd maybe had to do what needed to be done behind the scenes to make sure he make sure he got it. So, yeah, came in in 95, then obviously his manager brought Mike Mack, who'd, who was with him in 92 with the 21s, and obviously who coached the minors in 1989 and 90. And um, I suppose the rest was history. But yeah, unbelievable coach, Joe. Innovative 100 balls the sitters, training at 100 miles an hour. So, I mean, he over-egged, I think, the physical stuff, you know, yeah. and, and look, there's no yeah. question about it, we, we had a huge amount of physical work done, but equally, um, I say strongly, was the role he had in speeding up our hurling and speeding up the training and the intensity of the training matches and the physicality of the training matches, that was all down to him, and you loved, once the clocks went back, you absolutely loved going to training with Lagdan because, you know, it was so enjoyable, such variety, the pace, the tempo. He'd be in the middle of it, conducting the whole thing like a like a conductor of an orchestra, um, driving you on. You know, you miss a ball, he'd be he'd suddenly spot it, and 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 he'd you know kick you when you were down, and at the same time say the right thing maybe to lift you up when you needed it as well. So phenomenal coach. Okay. Um, okay. You know, and, and and I said I I just loved going to training with Lagnan. Oh, interesting. Well, that's, that's very different to the running up the hills misery that I thought you guys were enduring the whole time. I know there's a bit of that too, but um, I think you're right to point out, Claire, we're about more than just uh, fitness and physicality of that um, 95 final then so Clare won 17 Limerick 11 points Joe what would be said from afar about that is Lachnan comes in Clare win the league they've lost two Munster finals in a row they're in great physical shape they're just going in the right direction whereas Limerick were still coming to terms with the manner of the Offaly defeat in the All-Ireland final so to what extent did you feel as as Limerick headed into 95 and that Munster final, was the Offaly defeat still hanging over the Limerick setup? Did it feel like a, a side which had had um, the wind knocked out of them still? I don't think so, Joe. I think probably the complacency of it. And look, James, he grew up through it. It, it was nearly a blot in your copybook if Clare beat you. Uh, going back in the 80s and early 90s, I remember coming out, I was a sub in Innes in 93 and we were wondering what's happening like this Clare beating you 
it's not not right. So, like, we probably had our eye on the ball way ahead of the Munster final to get back and right the wrongs of 94. Right. But to be fair to Claire, they give us some kick up the ass. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, Claire, uh, Jamesy, did you know that Limerick held Claire in such high esteem all those years? Oh, yeah. I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> I think, Joe, if it's... I, I don't know... If if Joe remembers it, somebody left. I think the failure was on in Limerick that year, maybe in ninety five. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure, but uh, there was a some kind of a failure program um, left in our dressing room. Maybe it might have been a week before the Munster final, right? And I think it was Clarky, right? Dave Clark had been interviewed, and uh, one of the questions was favorite opponents, Clare, because we always beat them. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking my head, and I mean, I I backed Dave Clark against Limerick CBS. Uh, I backed him at minor at, at, at 20, 21, obviously, at senior level. I mean, look, a great character, great <laughs> player for Limerick. And a player that was probably discarded by Limerick, you know, when he still, I felt, had a lot to, had a lot to offer. But that was Clarkie. And uh, let's just say that was left in our dressing room probably for a reason. And I, I remember <laughs> that certainly gave me uh, gave me fuel for the for the game. So, yeah, Joe, we'd have always looked on, looked on Limerick as maybe looking down us to an extent. Um, so let, let's just say we had plenty of fuel okay. heading into that Munster final but to an extent it, it, it wouldn't have mattered who it was Yeah, because for us the prospect of losing three in a row was inconceivable and uh, whatever else I remember going out at half time like man saying no surrender we, whatever else we weren't going to surrender and throw in the towel and mm. we'd go down bang with our boots on and um, look at obviously you know we gave a great performance in the second half yeah, um, yeah you scored six points I should mention as well Joe what a lot of people will remember the 95 Munster hurling final for is Davy Fitzgerald taking a penalty which was very unusual uh, yeah. he says he'd never taken a penalty before I think was it Shawnee McMahon James he did his collarbone that year against Cork yeah Shawnee yeah we we were Joe we were we were steep to get over Cork to be honest about it, in the semi-final um like you know, that that was that was a game say, where Shawnee Shawnee broke his collar. But that championship was straight knockout, and that game went down to the wire. You know, obviously we, we had three subs on I think at the time. Shawnee broke his collarbone. We sent up corner forward rather than coming off because we didn't have a sub to bring on. Um, he obviously forced or helped force the line ball towards the end of the match that Fergie Tui took, who'd probably never taken a line ball in his life, and Baker, who had no business but in the edge of the square, got on the end of it and put it into the net. But even at the end. Frank Lohan made an unbelievable block, I think, on Kevin Murray to deny Cork a goal that would have put us out. And I sometimes, Joe, dread to think what might have happened if we'd lost that game, given the given the way we trained. We'd have been gone and mm. um, back to the drawing board again. So we were probably lucky to get over Cork that day. Um, but at the same time then, in a great place coming into the Munster final, under the radar, you know, probably... Limerick Rage and Hot Favourites because they, they probably came through, you know, Tip and, and, and Walford on the other side of the draw. Um, and we were very much in the long grass, uh, long grass way. Yeah. But Shawnee, Shawnee, I mean, look at Shawnee didn't even tell you. Like he went down. I think he might have been, there might have been three or four weeks to the Munster final. Um, he went down to think to, to Dr. Con Murphy and Cork on the Friday night before the game to do a uh, inverted commas fitness test, which consists I think of Dr. Con asked him to do about five press ups, of which Shawnee said he did about three. Right, oh. and then Dr. Con hit him a couple of half shoulders and declared him fit right so that was that was the extent of the, the, the fitness test but yeah Shawnee Shawnee took the field and I think I don't know one of the Limerick players I think maybe might have rattled him with a fair shoulder early on um, and Daly and Baker were in but look at he 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 was up to it and uh, made a great recovery and obviously played well on the day. So yeah. that was probably a question mark and a doubt coming into the game because he was obviously such a, a key player for us. Joe, what were your thoughts yeah. when the penalty was given and Davy Fitz starts trotting up from the other end of the field? Um, well, I think that day I, I would have played against Fitzy. I, I don't believe that was the first penalty he hit. Right. I, I can guarantee you that. Anyway. <laughs> um, but Fitzy placed the ball with uh, not right in the middle of the 21. He placed it a bit to his right, to my left, so he'd get an angle so that I'd, he'd be able to hit it across me and anyone that'd be going to take a penalty, don't put it at the side, the goalkeeper has the holly already. You've got to make it go across, uh, make him move the holly across. And I, th- I think it was, I can't remember who was reffing that, Jensie, but I was roaring at the ref to get him to put it in the middle. And, and I kept roaring, but he didn't. And subsequently, I think, was it the league the following year or something, he got a penalty in Limerick 
in the league match and he came up to take it and he tried to save again when he this time I walked out picked up the ball put it down in the middle and said if you're good enough score it from there he put that one over the bar and first <laughs> <laughs> I, hindsight is a great thing I should have probably done that and <laughs> in we, 95 as well and do you, had, had many forwards tried that trick Joe was that a done thing Joe of putting the ball a little bit off centre to get a better angle or was this a, was there a degree of geez a goalkeeper knows how to take a penalty here and knows what you wouldn't like uh, Davy was the first one I ever saw doing it. Right. Uh, so there was, I knew what he was at the very minute. I I knew where he was at. I knew where it was probably going, but you, you, you still couldn't get there quick enough. And, and he met it on the meat. Now, the one thing I was disappointed was with all the jumping and things, he went on the way back. Um, I'm surprised he didn't land in his ass three or four times on the way back by fellas meeting him. He must have gone the long way around Hulan, or else he couldn't catch him. '96 <laughs> uh, is obviously very famous. Um, if we're calling it a kind of trilogy, so it's a red hot day, 23 degrees. Clare are three points up, and then Limerick score in the 67th, 70th, 71st minute, and then again in the 71st minute, and the um, the fourth is obviously the most famous score, maybe in of, of I don't know Munster hurling that decade, perhaps. But let's have a listen. This is Jer Canning on commentary. Is there much time left? Here comes Kieran Carey. Carey leading the charge of the Light Brigade. Forty-five meters out. He's a chance to score. He's put it high. He's put it over. Are the All Ireland champions out? Are Limerick to advance to the Munster final? The fans, the subs are ready to come in. Doesn't go next to near the target, but it doesn't matter. It's all over. Limerick have won, but what a what a match, what a finish! Yeah, there we go. Amazing. Um, I see you played that, Joe. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, we played that one. Uh, what a moment, I, I Joe! Didn't, I didn't hear that, Joe. Could you play it again? <laughs> Uh, that, I mean that is nuts so 67th minute 70th minute and then two in the 71st minute Joe and then like a, you know for Kerry to do that and like instantly that commentary you just have the memory of Kerry running and like his neck sticking out every sinew strained and it's kind of magic yeah with 15 minutes go to that match I was leaning up against the post Claire were totally in control I remember looking up to the stand I actually ended up getting sunstroke the same day Um uh, but I was talking, my uncle was doing steward behind the goals and I said to him, I said, it's time to be booking the holidays, I think. And next minute, Barry Foley just started smacking balls over. Um, and then it all became very real. And and next minute, Kerry plucked the ball out of the air and took off running. And I was in direct line with him. And he was weaving. He looked like he was going to fall over three or four times. Yeah. I suppose no one from Clare could really put in a challenge because it was go- probably going to be a foul. And next we saw him going over to his weak side and I'd say every Limerick player went, oh God, no, don't. Because <laughs> Gary, as good an all the holler as he was, his weak side, mm, probably seven out of ten he'd meet him on the meet. Mm. Um, but next one, you can even see by the strike, it kind of looped over the bar. But uh, the just the, the magnitude of what he did, Joe, was when Seven Kiran would normally be the last two into the dressing room and we walked in and we, and we sat down and the players of today will probably cringe at it. We pulled out the fags and we had a fag <laughs> and uh, sat down and the next minute he took off his boots. And when I say there was no skin left on oh. the soles of his feet, I mean they were raw mm-hmm. because... The ground, as James, he will uh, allude to that day, it was concrete. And Kerry wore rugby studs in every game he played. The big, long uh, steel rugby studs. So let's say 20, 25 minutes earlier, this man had gone up the field, did what he did with no skin on the soles of his feet. Um, I remember going up to the shores with him after, need his hand on my shoulder, and he was trying to find a bit of skin that wasn't damaged to limp up into the shores it just it was phenomenal what he did um i don't think there's too many players um in the history of the game or that will ever play the game again that would be able to do what he did that day it was it was phenomenal um like we were dead and buried and all of a sudden we were we were 
after beating Clare, the atmosphere around the Gaelic grounds that day was phenomenal. It was just unbelievable. I think we we ended up getting a goal in the first half. I'm laying claim to then because I made an absolute balls of gathering the ball and dropped it. I recovered and and I hit it down and I think there was a pass laid off and, and Calvary, I think, got the goal. So I'm claiming an assist for that. But if I'd actually done my job properly yeah. and, and collected it the first time, but I, I think it was the most nervous I was ever playing a match because it was the heat that was there. It was just a cauldron. A story going into that match that day, Joe. Um, I was I was living out here in Maru and I was driving the car in and I turned on Radio Limerick and uh, Declan Corpus was doing the the show and all of a sudden he was talking about wishing all the Limerick hurlers well and this and that and of course the stomach started to churn so I'd actually pull up the car get out of the car leaning up against the boot of it and got sick into the ditch and all of a sudden then all the fans going for early points to the match there was your goalie hanging out the boot of a car getting sick into the ditch <laughs> so I don't know did it fill him with much confidence yeah. That's, I didn't know that about Kerry's uh, feet, by the way, or the studs. I'll never watch that point in the same way again. I don't think that's wild. And like, would you not say, "Geez, Kieran, just wear a pair of moldies"? What's wrong with you? No, not enough grip. Not enough grip. <laughs> oh. but Joe, I, 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 I actually think um, I, I threw off my own boots towards the end of that match because, as Joe said, the pitch was just rock hard, um, and it was a blistering hot day. Uh, and as he said, like, I mean, the place was packed to the rafters. And it was it was like a, a cauldron, and we. Sorry, yeah, what, we probably. What, 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 do you, what do you mean you threw off your boots? I I played I played the last I finished the game was the last five ten minutes of my socks. It, it was just again my feet were blistered as well, and and um, it was just so hard, Joe. Uh, you know, so I, again, and I was wearing molded boots, but um, even, just even then. I said, and it, so it I I presume whoever was marking on you stood in your feet. No, no. Um, now listen, I like Kerry. I actually started going forward and went in centre forward on Kerry, and um, I suppose then maybe with I don't know ten minutes to go, um, they they moved to mid to midfield, and Mike Hoolan came back in centre back. And and the worst thing about Kerry's last score was after with Dover, I I looked at there was Hoolan coming. I'd say ten yards to meet me with a shorter, and and you know like you just braced yourself for the for the impact and him letting letting you know what it meant to them, you know. But um yeah, look we we it was a game we we probably blew in one sense because as Joe said, like we were on top in the second half and we had our chances to put Limerick away and we didn't take them. And um we paid the price for it. We left them in there and uh look at Kerry came good with that, that phenomenal score at the end. Yeah. God amazing. Um there is a line from Anthony Daly's book, Jamesy, that you can explain to me here. So he he just he describes this game as the most memorable memorable match he's ever played in. By the way, um, and I'm sure that's because of, like the, the disappointment as well. But it sounds like it was an epic. Uh, so in his book, he wrote before we left the dressing room that day, Lochnan held up a Clare jersey, and he spoke about how Tom Ryan, Limerick manager, had disrespected it. The hairs were standing up in the back of my neck like spikes. The atmosphere was like nothing I'd experienced before. The heat was ridiculous. The pitch was a cauldron. How had Tom Ryan disrespected the Clare jersey, Jamesy? Can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't know, Joe. <laughs> um, but he bloody did. <laughs> yeah, look at he. There may have been something. Did he? Joe, did he set fire to her in the Limerick dressing room or something? I don't know. I mean, you know. There was, there was, Tom, would, Tom would probably have set fire to one of us before he'd have set fire to There, there was some line yeah. about how maybe he'd said that the Timbergy the year before or something like that, some comment about the previous yeah, I think year. He, he, yeah, I think I think Tom Ryan had referenced that maybe we were overly physical in, in maybe 95. Um, okay. And uh, the one thing you, you, you couldn't accuse... Uh, Either side, Joe, of that area was being overly physical because both teams were playing the edge. And, and and as memorable as those games were, I mean, some of the league games and the challenge matches were more memorable. I mean, the, like the, the league game, Joe, in 95, um, it was played early 95 um, yeah. at the Gaelic grounds. I mean, was was probably unforgettable, Joe. I mean, there was belt in that day, uh, red cars. Uh, was that the day that Jim Mack... Took on the two Nashes. Yeah, well, Jim would always reckon that Mike started it. I think a, a ball came across the square, and I think Mike, this would be Barry's father, Joe, left a hurley back, I think, and opened Jim McInerney, who'd be David's father. 
Um, so, so next thing, Mike Mack was or Mike Nash was in a heap on the ground, and Declan came in, and sure McDonough wouldn't have been far away, and all hell broke loose. And I think there was a couple of cards, you know, red cards and, and so on. But uh, but after that, Joe, I mean, like we met in challenge matches, um, and there was an edge, and uh, it was never too far from igniting. And uh, I remember '97. Um, I think I was coming back from a hamstring injury, and we played you in the Gaelic grounds again, Joe. I'd say before, not long before the championship, and I think Pat O'Connor was reffing it. And I think he, I think he actually told that man to take Fergie Hagerty off before he had to send him off. And uh, oh, there was off at Belton, and I remember Lagnan saying to me beforehand that he'd give me, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I remember him looking back at me and saying, "We might leave it," and I said, "No problem, Jer," <laughs> because it was uh, it was that safer uh, sitting in the dugout than uh, that than out the pitch. Well, so, I, I, yeah, it was just it was just great rivalry, Joe. I mean, it was it was just it was familiarity breeds contempt. Well, I was going to ask you if you oh. were here for this because I I was reading so that Kieran Kerry point that's not the end of that Limerick Clare. Um, rivalry for that year so Limerick go on obviously they beat Antrim in a semi-final and I'm reading here for a piece from a piece in the Irish Independent a couple of years ago and so the sense was that Antrim did, wasn't best preparation for an All-Ireland final so uh, Damien Quigley takes up the story here they arrived Limerick arrived for a behind closed doors challenge match in the build-up and suddenly they realise it's Clare so Quigley says we didn't know we were playing Clare until that night we were just told to get into our cars we played Antrim in the semi-final, no disrespect to them, but we didn't have a meaningful match after Munster. I thought after it was an act of madness to play the match against Clare. I got a fierce dirty belt with five minutes to go. I thought I mightn't make the final. They dished it out that night. Now, we wouldn't have been holding back either, but they thought enough of us uh, to bother their arses to play the game. So uh, were you there that night? This, this I, think that was in, I think that was in Cretlow, was it? No, Joe. It was it was in Cusack Park in Ennis, right? And I couldn't. We got this call that we were we were playing Limerick in a challenge match, and I couldn't believe that we were facilitating or helping Limerick in any way, shape, or form. Uh, uh, so so yeah. So it was played in Ennis, but what I remember about it, Joe, was the six Limerick backs sharpening their knives on us, and our backs doing exactly the same at the other end of the field. It was it was literally belting at both ends where both sets of forwards got, I'd say, cleaved. Um, and uh, so that, that's what I remember about it. But I, I couldn't believe how we were, as I said, um, like this was, we were we were out, Joe, probably for, I suppose, out of the championship maybe for six, seven weeks at this stage, yeah. obviously playing club world. But we were called in, I think, on a Saturday. I think it was a Saturday. Uh, maybe a Friday evening to to, to to play Limerick and it was on in Cusick Park and yeah it was off at Belton it was at both ends of the pitch Right God that is, that is amazing um, but there, so there wouldn't have been a degree Jamesy of like ah oh, you know the Munster fraternity will help help these lads you know Are you joking Joe? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> It's easily known you didn't grow up didn't Joe? Fair enough Fair enough <laughs> and is that right, Joe, that you didn't know you were playing Clare until you arrived? Oh, Surely. I, I can't remember the match, actually. Oh, can I can remember going to training and being told, right, lads, we're not training here. Get into your cars. We're going somewhere. I, I thought it was right. crap. Fair enough. Well, oh, I, um, de- definitely, definitely use a park in, in Ennis, Joe, because you, you went across to the, the Sherwood Inn afterwards for your food. And I think yeah, even yes, a food fight no, there where you were throwing keys around the place. <laughs> Talk about a different time. Would that happen these days? Challenge match no. like that? No, no chance. Which I don't. The team was disbanded in Clare at the time. Like the, he obviously did. Someone rang you up to come in, <laughs> just just for uh, as you said a sharpening session for the holidays as opposed for the players. So I guess look around that time you all would like everyone was rivals with everyone. Uh, would you like that that time Limerick were a big part of the scene, Jamesy, and like big part of your minds? But I, I, it's hard to say they were yeah, your Joe, number one rivalry at that time. Yeah, and believe me, Joe, we wanted Limerick in '97. Um, okay, you know because obviously '96 was fresh in the fresh in the memory. Um, but um, I think Tip obviously upset you, Joe. Um, I remember going out to that match actually in um, in Torres. Um, you know Limerick, Limerick and Tip obviously in the in, in the, I think it was Munster semi final, um, expecting that Limerick would win, but um, but Tip obviously Tip came out on top, and obviously then you're you're refocusing that it's going to be Tip are going to be playing the final, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't. And Joe, that was the vagaries of it. I mean, we didn't meet. I didn't. I played until two thousand and four, um, and didn't meet Limerick in the championship. I think after that. Oh, was that right? Was that? Yeah. Last ever game of the championship was ninety six. 
God, that's amazing. It's funny how it goes. Well, couldn't that, avoid tip. Just that, that was yeah, just the way to um, Well, now that's a good point to fast forward to 2023. So, uh, 145 at the Gaelic Grands. Jeez, Joe, you did well to swing this. Well, to be fair, Joe, there's 90% of the player players are living nearer to the Gaelic Grounds. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and no. Look, to be fair, and there's one thing I actually hope, as much and all as the rivalries and everything are done, I hope. If obviously I hope Limerick win, and if they do, I hope people don't turn on Brian Lohan and, and the Clare County Board for having the match in Limerick's backyard. It's not a case that they're travelling to Antrim or travelling anywhere. Like I think Clare will regard this as much of a home match as Limerick, especially with the tickets supposedly being split fifty-fifty. Um, it'll give Clare a, a huge impetus to go down and beat him twice in their backyard if I was a Clare player and it'll give the Limerick ones going they're not coming down to beat us in our home patch mm. again but logistically in the, in the current climate with like whether it's in Tullus you've all the, all the, the supporters going the one way if it's in Cork you've all the supporters going the one way yeah. like you go back years ago Joe there was always a home and away agreement between Cork and Limerick Cork and Limerick and Tip do you know like it's not that long ago since we played Tip in a Munster final there a couple of years ago. When was it? Nineteen. We played Tip in a Munster final in Limerick. Yeah. Do you know? So I I just hope the Clare public, if it turns out and hopefully it does, that Limerick win, don't turn on them and say that was a stupid idea. I think it's the best venue for the match. I don't know what James he thinks. Yeah, I mean, Clare's preferred venue was Torres Joe, but clearly you were afraid to take us on down there. So so uh, no, it's it's like. If you ask um, someone living in Six Mile Bridge, Cratlow, Clonlara, Broadford, if they're going to town, you know, it's not Ennister, it's Limerick. Right. And right. Um, like it's it's for me here, it's half an hour in the road. Obviously, there'll be, you know, a bit longer on Sunday with the with the traffic, but there's motorway all the way. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 I think it's the right call. It, maybe maybe you could say it puts maybe even more pressure on Limerick than, than, than Clare, but certainly from a supporter's perspective, um, like there'll be a huge Clare crowd there on, on on Sunday, and it could very well have been you know three to one Limerick Clare if 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 the game had been in Cork because you know for particularly for people in in, in West Clare or people living maybe living in North Clare like you know Whitegate which is on the Galway border, it's a it's it's a seriously long trek to long trek to Cork, and people have you know nightmares about the traffic coming out of there in '97 and '98 after some of those you know Munster finals down down there those games with that uh, with Tipperary so yeah it, it, in the current climate it, it, it makes sense it's a brave call by Brian and the management um I mean clearly look at that they'd have preferred if it was a, if it was Turles. but in the circumstances I think it's a it's a good call and I uh, Joe it was it was absolutely rocking there you know two weeks ago for the uh, for the Cork Limerick yeah, game I mean, it was a brilliant atmosphere in there 40,000 people it was just electric and um it'll be more so on on on, on Sunday and there was a cracking atmosphere as well for the Clare Limerick match under lights few weeks back Joe it was it was it was great stuff and um and obviously you know given how good these games have been and I mean last year's Munster final I think was the best game of I've ever seen played it just said absolutely everything I mean the 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 finish Kelly putting the line ball over the bar to bring it to extra time you know it, it was just a phenomenal game and if we get anything like that on Sunday we're in for another treat well it's I mean just to jog people's memory so the the respective paths to the final uh, Claire out the gate beaten by Tipperary um, 37 32 is a five point game, and then they bounce back with that one point win against Limerick 124 to 220. Clare took care of business against Waterford, and then another one point win uh, against Cork that last minute score in Ennis 28 27. And then Limerick they beat Waterford with the 14 men first day out, they had Clare that second game, and then the draw with tip. And uh, Nicky English called the Cork game that you referenced, Jamesy, a couple of weeks ago that that Limerick win against Cork maybe the best match he's ever seen. So I mean, that that brings it home, Joe. If Jamesy is calling last year's final as good a game, if not the best game he's ever seen, and Nicky English thinks the Limerick Cork game just a couple of weeks ago could be the best game he's ever seen, like it all says that what we're getting at the moment, Joe, in Munster hurling, like as much as your generation and previous generations were phenomenal in their time, but what what we're seeing now is kind of as good as the sport gets, really. Like every game seems to be razor thin, competitive, kind of an epic. Yeah, look, and and your people, the game has just, it has changed so much since the 90s. I think what's happening is it's the rivalries have built back up again. Mm. Like the pace of the game from when myself and James, he played it, 
it's it's gone to another another level. You've a lot of people on about the hand pass. I think they can just do it so bloody quick. Like if you start blowing for that, all of a sudden then the game slows down, the impetus goes in the game. Like to be fair to John Keenan last year, Jamesy, like he could have sent five leads off, five, six leads off. He barely gave a free and it did contribute to one of the greatest matches we've ever seen. I remember uh, seeing Tony Kelly lining up for the, the sideline and I actually said it to a fellow from Cork that was alongside me. I said, I hope he puts it over. And he said, what? I said, I hope he puts it over. And he said, why? I said, to witness and be able to watch a man with the balls to take that on from where it is to draw. Probably, I said, the greatest game we've ever been at. I said, I just love to see it and let him go at it again and the best team come out. And it was for Tony to do that was just it was a privilege to be alive to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was think it was Dennis Walsh, James, he wrote a piece and like a kind of like geez, I no complaints for me where he was kind of saying this actually is the golden age of hurling we're in here. Yeah. Um well, Joe, it's like I, I look back on that ninety three just before before we came on air, the you know to see was Teddy McCarthy playing, and and, and five minutes into the second half in, in ninety three, the ninety three Munster final ourselves in Cork, it was one four to seven points. I mean, you know, so that's ninety, that's the ninety three. It's like a um, good game of football. Yeah, like a good game of football. I mean, the score, <laughs> the score line. Then it, I mean, sure, look at you know that that if that put over in the first the first quarter. Yeah, um, and you've no, you've no you've no issue with that. You're you're not in the uh, scores are coming a little too easy at the moment, camp. I, th- I think look at everybody might have issues about the distance maybe the ball is the ball is travelling but the skill level Joel I mean the, the pace they're operating at now the physical conditioning of these guys have got themselves in um, yeah I mean Dennis I think Dennis nailed it I, I read the article as well and um, you only have to look at the games in the Munster Championship and, and again the Kenny guys and Galway has listened to this are probably you know choking on their own vomit in terms of they're sick of listening to this this <laughs> Munster <laughs> all this talk of Munster Hurland and it could very well be Kilkenny, or Gaul, and Kilkenny and Gaul in the All-Ireland final down the line uh, but the Munster Championship has been, has been special this year given how competitive it's been and given how fine and how narrow as you said earlier the margins yeah. the margins have been um, but it's been yeah I think it's in a great place at the moment uh, it's, it's, it's just the, the skill level that they're operating at now and they're so well prepared so well conditioned uh, and the game is as quick as it's ever been. And um, yeah, as I said, like it's it's you know it's not easy to referee it. But I think I think you know in in, in the most championship matches so far, it, it's that fine line between letting it go and at the same time not letting it descend into anarchy. Yeah. And that's not easy for referees to do. And and I think for the most part, you know they've done a relatively good job at letting the game flow and at the same time obviously blowing the freeze that are yes. that are there and so Joe for Sunday Clare in a really good place and then there's a there's a definite sense after the court game that Limerick are starting to find a bit of their mojo again so it's all set up do you have a strong feeling as to how it's going to go on Sunday Joe or what do you think the winning and losing will be I mean I think everybody's anticipating a close game for starters it's a given yeah sure look to be fair I don't think they'll need a ball for the first probably minute, minute and a half, <laughs> if the ball will be irrelevant in the game for that length of time. <laughs> There'll be just hits going in everywhere. But there was definitely uh, green shoots of Limerick getting back to where they were. Like, yeah. I'm seeing people saying, oh, Jesus, Limerick are very poor this year. So that means Clare are just slightly less poor than Limerick because they only beat us a point. Uh, Tip are as poor as us and uh, Watford are extremely poor mm. and Cork are poorer than us. I, I suppose like, people mean Limerick poor by their standards, which is a, is a, is a crazy yes, standard. Look, the bullshit that came out that no team, and I've heard it on podcasts and stuff, no team will get in within 10 points of Limerick this mm. year. That was absolutely crazy stuff. Do you know what? That, was probably, that probably came out after the league final into the championship. That was the vibe around then. And came out from fellas, Joe, that have enough bloody sense that have played the game to know league and championship. Mm. It's, it's like playing junior B hole and, and going back up to intercounty. So, yeah. so you weren't buying it. You didn't. You didn't feel Limerick were that far ahead of the pack at all. No, they were always. You think of it. Last year, Galway probably should have beaten us in the All Ireland semi final. Kenny, while we, we won it, what was it? A point in the finish. Mm. Do you know, Claire drew with us in the Munster final. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not that far ahead. But what they have done is they are a team that don't do panic. They they seem to be able to eke out wins 
like all good champions do, the eke out wins when not playing at their peak. And there's no way that any team are going to allow them set up um, to do what they want. Mm. If you allow them to do what they want, they will destroy you. Mm. They're that good. But it's it's very hard to, uh, to, to comprehend that any team in the history of the GA were 10 points better than every team at the start of the championship. How do you see Sunday, Jamesy? Yeah, again, you'd, you'd like to think that there's nothing between the sides, Joe. I mean, Conor Cleary is obviously the big, big question mark for us because, um, you know, does he does he play? I mean, he dislocated his shoulder against uh, against Corky. You know, he went off in clear discomfort. Um, no one knows the position. There's absolute omerta from, right. from the camp. Um, there's some rumours that he may be okay to play, that it wasn't as serious as, as, as they first thought. But it's a huge gamble, um, you know, if he if, if he does start. Uh, obviously, Adam Hogan, you know, is is in his debut season. He's under 20. He's under 20 captain. Um, he's a potential replacement. But that's that's massive for Clare because clearly it match, has matched up so well with Galan, uh, you know, from a physical perspective. That and, and Galan has found form at the right time and looks to have got his mojo back. And Limerick look a different team when he's mm. going well. And Flanagan, obviously, has been very good inside um, with him. So... That's that's a big call. If Cleary starts and holds up, it's a huge boost to Clare. Um, from a hunger perspective, Joe, I mean, look at this Clare team have to be ravenous in terms of how close they've been. There's a feeling that maybe you know they, they need to win silverware now. They're not that far that far away. Obviously, we've had McCarthy back who missed the championship to injury last year. You know, Mark Rogers has kicked on. Um, you know, obviously, looks like you know he's going to be a good a good forward for us going. You know, it, it, look, it did go forward into the future. Um, but then can Tony Kelly keep performing to the level he has against Limerick? You know, will Limerick decide finally that they've, they've, they're going to man-mark him, put the shackles on him? If he's contained, will he be able to put enough scores on the board? I, I, I'd like to think, look at the Clare in a great place. Mm. Uh, three weeks, Joe, was a great... Um, I think they needed that time to recover after the the, the exertions of the, the, the Limerick-Waterford and, and Cork matches. Uh I'm assuming look at the preparation has gone has gone well, but Joe, playing Limerick in their backyard, there's nothing between the two teams, and Clare have to play very very well to win. But I really give them a fighting chance, and and I think if they perform as well as they did, um, you know, in in the Gaelic grounds that night, they'll be there thereabouts and won't be far away. Well, let's hope it's a good one, fellas. That was great. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Jamesy O'Connor. Cheers, Jamesy. Cheers, Joe. Take care. Joe Quaid, thank you very much. Good to talk to you again, Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Brendan. Joe. See you, fellas. Joe Quaid and Jamesy O'Connor there. And our hurling coverage is with thanks to Board Gosh. And they've teamed up with the Senior Hurling Championship uh, uh, sponsors, Board Gosh, to, uh, off, off the ball, rather, has teamed up with them to uncover stories highlighting the positive impact hurling has had on people's lives. So for full competition details, you can visit boardgoshenergy.ie forward slash BGE. GAA. So boardgoshenergy.ie forward slash BGE GAA. We'll take a short break. Hurling on Off the Ball with Board Gosh Energy. Hurling, it's anyone's game.